Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 233 of the Ortho Eval Pal podcast. I'm your host, Paul Marquis, PT, and today we're going to be talking about the popliteus muscle, a source of posterior lateral knee pain. We'll be going over the anatomy of the popliteus muscle, the sources of posterior lateral corner pain, signs and symptoms of a popliteus injury, treatment options, and so much more. So if you just hold for a moment, we're going to hear a word from our sponsors. At MedCore Professionals, we offer mobility aids, bracing and supports, compression garments, post-mastectomy care, and much more. Your health and well-being are important to us. Your recovery is our priority. Our certified team will guide you to the right products based on your medical needs, recent procedures, or mobility restrictions. Visit us on Route 1 in Scarborough or at MedCorePro.com. We are Mark and Kelly Hassett, owners of MedCore. And we keep you moving forward. This episode is sponsored by MedBridge. Harnessing the power of technology to help you advance your career and improve patient outcomes, MedBridge delivers over 2,000 evidence-based CE courses and more than 7,000 specialized patient exercises available whenever you need them from wherever you are. MedBridge goes beyond CEUs. They're leading the space. From interactive webinars led by top industry leaders to the first-ever HEP patient mobile app, MedBridge has taken learning to the next level for over 200,000 PTs, OTs, ATs, SLPs, and nurses, and those they serve. For a limited time, use promo code OEP to receive $175 off your annual subscription. Welcome back. So first thing you're going to notice is that I'm going to butcher this name. It's either Popliteus or Popliteus. Um, I'll probably use it both ways as we go through, so uh, you know, please bear with me. Uh, so this Popliteus muscle and tendon are not commonly injured, but they can cause quite a bit of trouble and often get mistaken for multiple other structural problems that reside in the posterolateral corner of the knee. So if we start off with some anatomy, we'll talk about where it originates, which is the lateral femoral condyle, just inferior to the distal attachment of the LCL ligament. And then it crosses medially and inferiorly, fans out to become a little bit thicker muscle and attaches to the posteromedial aspect of the tibia. Okay, so its action primarily is to unlock the fully extended knee and also to internally rotate the tibia on the femur, especially in the open chain. Okay, now just a few pieces of anatomical information I think would be in, you know, helpful for you at this point would be that the lateral third of that popliteus tendon um, becomes intra-articular, okay? So if torn can cause some effusion in the knee, and you know we've had a lot of talks in our in our podcast talking about intra versus extra-articular swelling, and how it can help us to identify where certain structures are and which structures are damaged or injured. So this is something you need to remember, especially with somebody who takes a blow to the knee and uh, especially has some weakness or instability, pain to the posterolateral corner. Um, it's also the deepest muscle of the posterior knee muscle, so it's really the floor of that uh, posterior popliteal space. The, the, it does have some fibrous attachments to the lateral meniscus, and it, it does course um, deep to the lateral collateral ligament and just anterior to that proximal LCL attachment. 
It's also inferior and lateral to the lateral gastroc head. So as you can see here, we have a lot of structures crossing in this area. Uh, and even people who have had like proximal fibular fractures, uh, it can be very difficult to identify if it's a fracture or if it's the popliteus tendon because there is a small ligamentous structure um, from the popliteus to the fibular head that can get torn uh, and uh, it can be very hard to identify one over the other. So I do have a video of a gentleman who has a proximal fibular fracture. You can take a look at that and I'll see if I can throw up a picture also in the uh, show notes of a young lady who I had with a uh, popliteus avulsion at the lateral femur. Um, the popliteus muscle also gives us a lot of proprioceptive feedback and is a very strong stabilizer both in static um, and in dynamic activity. It's a very, very important structure, and we, we think of it as being so small and insignificant. Uh, you know, we kind of talk about that with the plantaris, how it really doesn't do a whole heck of a lot. But the popliteus, on the other hand, for such a small muscle, um, does quite a bit. And Peterson et al. also talked about the popliteus as being key to the posterolateral joint stability, especially when the knee is at about 30 to 50 degrees of flexion when both the ACL and PCL are most lax. Um, so that's important to know also. So if it's unstable, it can really render you uh, unstable and have a, really a lot of loss of function, especially with rotatory type activities and weight bearing uh, when you're doing you know, high speed activities. Now, some of the signs and symptoms of a popliteus tendon injury would be effusion in the knee. So this is something we have seen in the past. Uh, pain, especially in that posterior lateral aspect of the knee. Pain with resistance to tibial internal rotation, especially in the open chain with the knee in the flex position, and uh, a sense of instability in that posterolateral corner. Now, uh, some people utilize the dial test as a way of assessing if there is some posterolateral instability at different angles, can identify PCL versus the popliteus. Uh, that is something you can also utilize. Um, this is not something you see very often, so uh, it's not unusual to go and crack a book open or take a look at these um, tests later on down the road. How do I like to test uh, the popliteus when I think it's injured? I have the patient lay flat on their back with the knee in full extension. I have them externally rotate the femur so the foot is turned out a little bit and I place my hand on one hand underneath the heel they turn their foot into my forearm while trying to unlock the knee and go into flexion so their tibial internally rotating and flexing the knee at the same time if they point to the lateral posterolateral area of the knee then I have to be somewhat suspicious that there's been some damage to that popliteus tendon so if you want to see a video of how I do that um, I will have that linked in the show notes today be sure to check that out so you can see how we like to test the uh, popliteus other diagnostic tools out there uh, are very important because clinically it can be hard to identify all of these structures uh, in the posterolateral part of the knee. So uh, x-rays are important, number one, because you could have an avulsion of the femoral condyle. This happens more in younger people. I saw this in a, in a very young lady who had a injury while she was uh, doing gymnastics and completely avulsed that lateral side of her femur um, and uh, it took quite a long time to get better but she did respond conservatively without surgery and uh, a real uh, progressive course of uh, physical therapy and then you also want to rule out any issues with like calcific tendonitis especially after a total knee replacement so you can see these issues in the young and in the very old also 
MRIs can be helpful to identify if there's any surrounding soft tissue injuries in that area that may be a little bit more severe than just a popliteus tendon injury. And then how do we treat these? Well, Nosteroidal anti-inflammatories and rests can be very helpful. I like to modify activity, try to avoid a lot of rotatory type activity at first. Ultrasound guided cortisone injections can also be very helpful. I've seen people do really well with cortisone injections to the popliteal uh, space and that posterolateral uh, structure. And uh, that really seems to help settle down the effusion, settle down the tendon pain and inflammation, and therefore allow you to start to exercise the patient a little bit more without it getting kind of caught when you're in that weight-bearing flexing position, like going into a squat. Um, as far as rehabilitation of the uh, post-injured popliteus, I'm going to leave a link to an evidence-based article uh, from JOSPT in the show notes that has really some nice little pictures on uh, certain exercises you can do, which include some squatting and rotatory type activity to help build that rotation um, strength and stability. This is a very tough muscle to identify and diagnose. Uh, like I said, it's not uncommon to go break open a book and, and you know, especially if you don't see a lot of knees and you don't see a lot of injuries, um, go ahead and, and, you know, review this podcast or take a look at uh, the test that we have included in there. So um, be patient with the popliteus, but remember it does reside in that posterior and uh, posterolateral area and um, it does have some attachment to the lateral meniscus. So it can be deceiving if somebody has a lateral meniscal tear versus a popliteus tendonitis. Remember, selective tissue tension testing is really the way to go here. Stretch the hamstrings, contract the hamstrings, uh, contract the popliteus, um, do a meniscal grind test. Is there effusion? Is it um, intraarticular versus extraarticular? And utilize all those tools that we've been talking about all of this time to help identify that structure. So with that being said, folks, um, be good to each other and take care. We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com. Can't wait to see you there.